Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. It's Dane. I'm always here with my guy, Wags and Wags. Finally, we've been talking and talking and talking. And finally, there's going to be some actual football being played this Sunday. The Packers versus the Saints. Uh, down in Jacksonville due to uh, some some inclement weather that went through a couple weeks ago. Man, I'm ready for some pads to crack. How are you feeling tonight, Wags? I'm just feeling wonderful. I'm ready to start this week one. Dane, I see you're in like a mid-season form, uh, just uh, sporting the uh, uh, the old winter cap there. So uh, it's uh, it's really fun to see that because it's not that late in the fall yet in my mind, but uh, you're getting in the right mindset. So I'm ready to get into this. Wags, you know how it is. I've just got to be ready to go. So, I mean, I'm ready for football. Um, big, big game here. I mean, right now we have a lot of high hopes. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of talk, uh, a lot of this is it type stuff. This is the this is the final run of some of these great players in Green Bay. Um, who knows? But what I do know is that they start keeping score on Sunday. Um, and I think all eyes right away on the Packers offense is going to be on Aaron Rodgers. So um, let's let's just kick it off. We, we don't always talk about Aaron right away. But um, I think key to the game against a very good Saints defense is going to be Aaron Rodgers. And I'm looking for Aaron to make a statement and quiet some of the haters from the offseason. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how sharp is this offense after not really playing most of their key guys all uh, preseason, I think it's going to really start with those guys up front. Uh, they're going to need to make sure that uh, they protect Aaron and at least open up some holes to, to be opportunistic in the run game. Uh, because if the Saints are able to be disruptive, uh, that's going to be something that can throw Aaron off his rhythm a little bit. Uh, and that could be compounded uh, by not having so as many of those preseason reps. Now I, I get he looked sharp in practice all preseason. Uh, it's just a little bit different when you get those live bullets uh, going on Sunday. I know mm-hmm. it's Aaron Rodgers, and he's going into his seventh year in the league. So nothing's going to surprise him out there. Uh, but certainly in game, in-game repetition uh, certainly makes a difference. So, uh, And then uh, we're going to get into this, but uh, the Saints in the secondary, they've got a lot of veteran talent there. They're a little bit banged up. Uh, heading into week one. So uh, that could be uh, an area where Coach Hackett and uh, the offensive coaching staff for the Packers are looking to exploit the Saints, uh, perhaps to to get some uh, uh, throws downfield. So it's really going to be incumbent to get the run game going at least a little bit early, uh, and then that might open up some play action and give Aaron some additional time to throw in his deeper drop. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what Aaron Aaron can do out there. There's been a ton of noise, obviously, all offseason. I just want to get into football, Dane. Uh, That's what this is all about. Yeah, no doubt about it, Wags. No doubt about it. And we're going to have a special guest. Do you mind sharing? We're going to have a special guest on today's podcast. Um, Now that we're part of this Pigskin Podcast Network, who do we have joining us today, Wags? Yeah, TJ Jones from State of the Saints uh, podcast is going to be joining us right around 8 o'clock. So uh, if you want to get some perspective and ask some questions 
uh, of a guy that's really going to know the Saints inside and out, uh, go ahead and share those in the chat. Uh, but we're excited to have him join us in a little bit um, and share some perspective on the Saints from their vantage point. Um, obviously, uh, we're going to continue with some of our offensive preview and some of the key matchups from the Packers perspective, get into some of the defensive matchups. Uh, and then later, uh, before we close up, we'll get into some of our X factors and predictions as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So looking across the roster, and I'm going to keep it big picture for a second. Who are you most excited to see play uh, on Sunday? We've got a lot of old faces. We've got some new rookies on this team, um, but it's a little different than most weeks, right? Week one, we're feeling it out. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of continuity, but we have a new de- defensive coordinator, um, Aaron Rodgers and, and Coach Hackett and Coach LaFleur are in year three now together. Um, but Wags, are there any guys, and I'm not talking X factors, we're going to talk about that later on the podcast, but just broadly speaking, what are you most excited to watch? I mean, it's another season of Green Bay Packer football. Who should we be looking out for? This might be a little bit cliche and Dane, I'll be interested in your answer too, but we came into the off season, not necessarily expecting to have Aaron Jones come back as a Packer. That was not a foregone conclusion. We spent most of the off season wondering if Aaron Rodgers would come back to be a green Bay Packer. Uh, so I am just appreciating the moment here. Um, we've talked about Aaron. Uh, the fact that he's going to be in the green and gold is, is huge. I'm just going to soak in and enjoy every moment of that. But I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, A.J. Dillon out there yeah. because uh, we got to see him in limited action uh, for parts of the second half of last season. But I think he's a guy that got a little bit of work in the preseason and can definitely bring a physical element that might be needed this Sunday because – I think the guys up front are going to be in a real battle on both sides of the ball. Uh, So having A.J. Dillon come in and pound the rock a little bit, um, you know, throughout the game uh, to give Aaron Jones a rest, um, I think is another dimension that we haven't necessarily had in this offense. I love Jamal Williams. He was extremely productive as a second Mm -hmm. back in his four years in Green Bay. Uh, But I think uh, uh, Dylan is someone that I'm I'm really interested to see um, how he fits in within the flow of the offense, um, you know, throughout the game. Wags, uh, speaking of A.J. Dillon, how many touches do you think is – dare I say appropriate (laughs) for AJ Dillon. We just paid Aaron Jones some money, um, but uh, this has never been an offense under Coach LeFleur where Aaron Jones is getting fed the ball constantly, right? They like to keep him fresh. So what should we expect as Packer fans uh, in week one? And should we temper our expectations with uh, AJ Dillon? Or do you think he's going to get a, a fair number of carries? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe eight to 10 uh, carries and, and perhaps a couple catches. Um, mm-hmm. So so I'd say about 10 to 12 touches would seem pretty reasonable. It all really depends on game flow. Now, if the Packers surprisingly get out ahead a little bit in the second half, we may see a little bit more of A.J. Dillon uh, in the uh, third and fourth quarter. Uh, but I'm expecting this to be a back and forth game. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to come in here and predict right. uh, that he's going to get 15 to 20 touches. I think that would be kind of on the heavy side. Um, so I would say 10 to 12 would be about reasonable. Was, is that kind of where you're thinking as well? Yeah, I'd say if he hits double digit touches in week one, I'd be a little surprised. I would say he's closer to that eight range. 
Uh, I know it's semantics. We're talking a couple touches, but there's just so many guys to, to feed the ball to in this offense. And I think that that's really what I'm excited to watch. There's, of course, uh, individual guys. I, I know it's not always something that you, you always watch for, but Elton Jenkins playing left tackle against a really good pass rush is going to be absolutely critical to the Packers success. Um, I want to see if Elton Jenkins can hold up on that left side because he's been so prolific across the board, wherever the the Packers seem to slot him in, uh, the man can ball. Um, But I want to, uh, I want to see as a whole um, who Aaron Rodgers is looking to in week one. Is he giving what the Packer or what the Saints are giving him? Is he forcing it to certain players? Is he looking to Devontae 25, 30% of the looks? Um, or is he spreading it out? Is Randall Cobb getting his touches on third down? Lazard, MVS, the list continues. Didn't even mention Robert Tunyon and then some of these other great running backs. Um, I think that the key to success in this game, but also something that I think not only this week, Wags, but big picture for, for the year, 17 games uh, season, is if Aaron Rodgers is able to spread the ball out and, and get the ball to the guy who's open, not be taking those big shots down the field all the time, um, you know, and, and try to just uh, give what the defense gives, I think this team is going to be very, very, very difficult to stop. And I don't care if it's New Orleans Saints or anybody else in the league. The Packers have a lot of weapons and they have the best quarterback in football. Yeah, and Alan Jeanette, thanks for a comment. Happy to see Randall Cobb back. Uh, see if he still got it. I mean, he, he, the list goes on and on. I mean, it should make us downright giddy as yeah. Packer fans uh, that we've got all these guys in the fold uh, for some of this offseason. Who would have ever thought? Not only that we've got Aaron Jones, not only that uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is back and, and seems to be happy out on the football field, at least. Um, but Randall Cobb, uh, just uh, all t- one of our all-time favorites. Uh, so uh, it's, it's just uh, really exciting to, to be able to see all of these guys out, go out there on Sunday. Dane, is there anyone that hasn't been mentioned that, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball, or if you want to go over to the defensive side of the mm-hmm. ball, that you are really excited to see out there on Sunday as well? Yeah, I, I think uh, MVS, uh, Valdez Scantling, he's looked more fluid catching the ball this uh, this training camp. You and I had an opportunity to see him in person and in practice, and I thought he was just catching the ball more naturally. Something that I've said in previous years is that MVS has you know freakish athleticism, incredibly fast has an ability to get open. And and oftentimes that's the hard part in this league, right? Is getting open against NFL level defensive coordinators and defensive backs. Um, And he's not able to complete the catch. Um, He hasn't always looked natural with the deep ball, which isn't a great sign if we're talking about your deep ball threat. Um, But I'll say that he's clearly been working at it in the off season. Um, He wags, I don't know about you, but he also seems to be more comfortable in his skin This year, he seems to be goofing around a little bit more. He's a little bit more loose. We're seeing more personality from MVS, and I think that's a really good thing. He and Rodgers seem to have a rapport. Um, Last year, Rodgers, um, if if MVS dropped a ball, Rodgers went back at him again. And and MVS, more often than not, um, you know, uh, was able to uh, make Rodgers look good in doing so. I want to see Valdez Scantling complete more uh, receptions this year. If he does that, he blows this offense up even more than they already have the ability to be because now we're talking about Devante, who best receiver in football. If you get MVS on the other side, catching deep balls and is able to maybe, um, you know, 
complete some of those chain movers a little bit more frequently. Some of those uh, seven yard receptions a little bit more frequently. Um, that adds a dynamic to this offense. And mind you, he is in a free agent year as well. Everybody's talking about Devante. MVS is as well. We've seen receivers in this Packer offense take time to develop. I want to see what MVS can do this week. And going forward, because I have really, really high hopes. We believe in MVS. I think that this is a year. Last year was a, a great taste of MVS. Wags, I think this is the year, and I really sincerely mean this, this is the year that he puts it all together, and he's a guy that folks are talking about week in and week out as a weapon in this offense. Yeah, so let's take a look at the Saints defense and, and kind of dive into some of these key matchups, starting with the guys up front. So um, the Packers uh, released their initial depth chart a couple of days ago. It looks like Lucas Patrick, uh, at least as of now, uh, has won the starting left guard. Uh, competition and Royce Newman at right guard. Uh, everything else was expected with uh, Elton Jenkins uh, filling in for David Bakhtiari yep. at left tackle. And of course, Billy Turner over on the right side and Josh, Josh Myers in at center. Um, so I, on the Saints side, I think the two names that are very familiar and for good reason around the league uh, for the guys up front are going to be Marcus Davenport and Cam Jordan. Um, and uh, so what do you see as the key to the battle up front uh, between the Saints D-line and this Packer offensive line? And what can the Packers do to try to offset uh, what the Saints are going to try to do to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers um, and to uh, try to slow down this Packers run game? Great question. I, I think um, week one, we're going to live and die with if the rookies can um, hold their ground. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, second round pick, Myers at center. We're going to have Newman up there, guard. He was, uh, I believe, a fourth round pick for us this year. Um, I can't recall the last time the Packers had two rookies starting across the offensive line. Um if, if they can gel, they haven't had a lot of time. And sometimes with the offensive line, there's a familiarity that takes place too. Guys, there's a trust that needs to be developed over time. Um, this preseason, the Packers have tried every option, I think, to try to figure out who the best two at guard would be. We saw Lucas Patrick. We saw Ben Braden. We saw Newman. We saw Runyon, right? We saw all these different guys moving around um, while Elton Jenkins is kicked out to left tackle while, while David Bakhtiari is on the physically unable to perform list. So, Wags, I think looking at, at this, uh, I think the key is, is can these rookies hold up? Can they uh, minimize mistakes? And can they start to develop some chemistry and mesh together? Um, the, the Saints are, have historically been a very, very um, talented defense. And, and I'm curious, our guest today uh, from Saints podcast, I, I'm curious his take because um, all offseason, I've heard that the Saints had some salary cap issues and that they've been decimated because of that. I look at the roster and it doesn't look like that. They have an awful lot of talent on that defense still. So I think continuity is key wags and really it's minimizing mistakes, minimizing rookie mistakes. If we can have guys out there that uh, are, are rookie in name, but are playing like two, three year veterans, then I really like our chances against the Saints uh, front four and front seven this week. Yeah, and the Saints, I mean, backed at the second level by uh, some really talented linebackers as well, headlined by Demario Davis. Uh, and he, this is a guy that can just attack 
cover sideline to sideline and can be really disruptive um, if he's about moving downhill freely. So it's going to be incumbent on that offensive line to be able to make the right reads and get into the second level to at least slow him down and, and get some some bodies in his path. Because uh, if they're able to do that, then I'm I'm really confident that uh, while I don't expect Aaron Jones to necessarily uh, you know be consistently picking up six seven yards every carry, uh, he can find some holes and some seams if they're going to be able to do that. Uh, but if not, uh, Demario Davis is a guy that has a ton of speed uh, and has just uh, racked up a ton of tackles over the years uh, for a good reason. So he can be pretty mm-hmm. disruptive if the Packers are not able to uh, make make those uh, chip blocks and get some guys downfield and, and get in his his lane. Um, so, Dane, then moving into the secondary, you know, we talked a little bit at the top about some of the uh, shorthandedness perhaps, of the Saints secondary. Uh, they've made some moves this week. Uh, earlier this week, uh, they picked up uh, Desmond Tufant, um, who had been uh, released. And and then just today, they were able to finalize a trade with the Texans uh, to trade for, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, for um, talented uh, cornerback from the Texans, uh, Roby. And uh, he's a guy's former first-round pick out of Ohio State. Um, and uh, I think uh, he may be a little bit of a stopgap. Seems like trading with the Texans these days is is a really good move if you want to get some talented guys on uh, for a relatively inexpensive uh, compensation. Um, I don't know if he's going to be someone that's going to be ready to go on Sunday. Uh, and he hasn't practiced with the Saints at all. So it'd be hard to imagine that he's going to be ready to go on Sunday. But um, Ken Crowley uh, has been banged up, hasn't hurt all week with a hamstring. Sure. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, um, I, we expect him to go on Sunday, but he was a limited participant in practice as well. So um, I think this is uh, definitely going to be another key to the game plan uh, is if uh, the Packers do give Aaron Rodgers some time, uh, they might have some advantages against this banged up Saints secondary, especially moving the ball downfield. No doubt about it. I, Wags, I got to think opposite of Lattimore is where we're going to see Aaron Rodgers going early and often um, this week. Uh, but but also, I mean, that speaks really – Lattimore is, is a beast, and the Saints safeties uh, have played extremely high level of football. Malcolm Jenkins and Marcus Williams are both really good football players. And, you know, I'm also going to lump in C.J. Gardner-Johnson into that mix. I, I really like the way he plays football for the Saints. They move him around when he has opportunities to get on the field. Um, that being said um, – The national narrative right now, you know, is one thing, but I think knowing what this Packer offense could potentially be capable of, um, if you're short cornerbacks against a Packers uh, offense that is five deep at wide receiver, um, that doesn't probably bold well for you, right? And I would say that against a team that's that's stacked at corner, let alone a team that maybe is having some shortage. They, they, as you mentioned, they they traded for Roby. They just signed True Font who's cut by the bears. He comes to green Bay or excuse me, he goes to New Orleans. Um, I think that the Packers are going to exploit mismatches. That's something that coach LaFleur has been very good at in his time uh, in green Bay. And, and we're, we're, we're facing uh, coach Payton is a heck of a coach. He's been a heck of a coach for an awful long time. So I think that there's going to be some mind games potentially being played uh, from the coaching staff this week, but wags uh, to your point, down cornerbacks against this Green Bay Packer offense in this year uh, is not a good place to be in. And I expect the Packers to try to exploit mismatches early and often. 
Yeah, for sure. So moving over to the uh, Saints offense versus the Packers defense, I, I, I really think it starts with the guys up front. And then obviously one of the most talented running backs in the lead in, El, in league and Alvin Kamara. Uh, so the Saints offensive line, they've got a good one yeah. um, bookended by a pair of two of the best tackles in football in in, in uh um, uh, Ryan Ramchick, who's uh, very familiar to folks that uh, follow Wisconsin football. And then Taron Armstead, left tackle, uh, might be one of the better uh, left tackles in the game as well. So, um, And then Cesar Ruiz uh, at right guard is just really, really solid uh, as well. So they've got the guys up front. And uh, I know there's a lot of talk about this is the first year without Drew Bees. But the Saints, I, I saw ran the ball their offensive system the most since 2000 last year um so they were a run first team last year even with drew Brees. and i understand drew Brees did spend a good chunk of the year hurt missed a bunch of games however um from that perspective, I think they're going to try to do the same thing this year. Um, now, Jameis can chuck the ball. He can make the big yeah. plays. But I think really, especially early on and in this matchup, um, I would expect the Saints to uh, try to limit the number of plays that they're trying to expect out of Jameis Winston uh, at the quarterback position and lean into their strength with those guys up front and Alvin Kamara. Uh, then what you're going to get is a, a heavy dose of ball control offense. And by by uh, contrast, that can keep Aaron Rodgers and their high-powered offense off the field. Um, so I expect the Saints to probably be pretty successful running the ball, unfortunately. But I will be really interested to see um, what the Packers' defense is able to scheme up to try to slow down Alvin Kamara. Uh, because um, uh, while I, I don't think Jameis is someone that can't hurt us, um, I would definitely think, uh, that the Packers are going to get a little bit of an advantage um, if they're able to even slow him down just a bit. They weren't really able to do that in our matchup last year. So, Dane, what do you think is the key to being able to slow down uh, Alvin Kamara to a manageable level this week? Wags, if I could figure that out, I'd be coaching on Sundays, I think. Uh, <laughs> he's Kamara, let's face it, he's one of the best players in football. Talk about a mismatch, right? Um, it's really difficult uh, to, to do that. Uh, we Earlier this offseason, we had Ty Summers on, who in week three uh, met Alvin Kamara, and he even said he's like freaking Kamara, man, <laughs> because he's just so good. Um, I'll be curious to see what Coach Barry – and this defense throws at him. What a first test um, for, for Coach Barry. You know, we, we did our over-under podcast last week, and I guess the, the question is over-under the first uh, series before people are calling for Coach Barry to get fired <laughs> because, you know, it's a Herculean effort to, to try to stop Alvin Kamara, and I don't care who the quarterback is. It really is. Um, so I expect the Packers to throw um, a, a lot of, um, a lot of um, confusion at this Saints offense. Uh, I think that knowing uh, Jameis Winston is not Drew Brees. Uh, Jameis can chuck the ball, by the way, but he's not Drew Brees. And I think that Coach Barry and company are going to show a lot of different coverages. A lot of different uh, guys are going to be assigned to Kamara, depending on the down and distance, depending on situational football. Uh, Wags, I would expect, and I'm curious your take, I would expect to see some of the uh, the Green Bay Packers safeties 
getting some heavy run this week against Kamara. Um, we might see some, uh, you know, line up with, with uh, Chris Barnes or with can side linebackers, but I really, really think we Sullivan perhaps. Uh, and, 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 you know, and, and down the list it goes, maybe even somebody like a Henry Black gets out there. I know Vernon Scott's been banged up with, um, with some injuries this week and hasn't been able to practice, but um, you know, I'm naming guys because I think the Packers are going to throw the, the kitchen sink uh, at, at Kamara and really going to try to make, Jameis Winston stop or beat the Packers in other ways. Remember, Michael Thomas is on the PUP list, right? He's on the pup list. So we're looking at other weapons. And Callaway last year looked really good for them as a rookie. Um, But we've got Jair Alexander. So who's the major weapon to shut down? It's going to be Elvin Kamara. And I think it's going to be that run game. Uh, And I think it's going to be uh, uh, Hill, uh, the the backup quarterback slash um, every man uh, of this offense. So they've got a lot of weapons, but I actually really like the Packers' individual talent to match up with this Saints' offensive firepower. It doesn't mean they're not going to get theirs. They're going to. But I like the talent that we have at the defensive backfield, particularly at the safety level, to try to match up and take away their biggest strength, which is Elvin Kamara. Um, am I off base with that, though, do you think, Wags? Or, or what? Do you, how do you see the Packers scheming? Because we're kind of blind a little bit, not knowing much about Coach Barry's philosophy. We've seen him in other um, defenses around the league, but never in Green Bay, and he has never had this amount of talent to work with. Yeah, that was definitely one of the criticisms of Coach Patton, is that it didn't seem like he took away the strength of the opposition all that often, and that could be extremely frustrating. So all eyes will be on Coach Barry. Now, it's a lot easier said than done. <laughs> to slow down Alvin Kamara, I, I don't care what you say. Uh, that's not an easy task for anyone to do, and, and pretty much no one in the league is able to slow him down, by the way. So yeah. um, to, to expect that to happen, it, it may be asking a little bit too much. I'm really interested to see, you know, you mentioned Marquez Calloway. Um, this is certainly a Saints wide receiver core. We, they also lost um, Jared Cook at tight end. Uh, now they've got Adam Troutman, uh, Adam Troutman jumping in there. Um, and, and so I think they've got some guys that can stretch the field against this Green Bay defense. Uh, so it will be interesting to see um, what they do to take shots and uh, how much trust they're putting in Jameis early uh, to be able to take some of those shots uh, against this Packers defense, um, or if they just lean into that run game. Uh, but if I'm the Saints, I'm forcing the Packers to stop the run game because if they can't stop them at all, they will just keep going to that all day long. Um, and it's going to be a rough day uh, for the Packers defense if they're not able to at least uh, force them into some third downs and, and uh, uh, make Jameis have to convert some some of those uh, third and third and uh, even if it's third and short or third and long opportunities. Um, and, and that's where we can pin the ears back and maybe dial up some pressure uh, and force them into some some mistakes. Wags, what do you make of the Saints' release of Latavius Murray? There had been some rumblings that that could potentially expecting to face Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. Now we're facing Alvin Kamara and Tony Jones, who by all appearances had a really good preseason, um, but it doesn't have the body of work at the NFL level that certainly somebody like Murray has, who's had a fine NFL career. Um, should we be, is that another guy you think we should be circling is uh, this Tony Jones, because he seems to be the between the tackles runner. And, and um, you know, is it going to be telling uh, how well he does based on this Packers front seven, which has been much maligned over the last couple seasons. Do you think that there's a chance here for the Packers to, to force them into some of these third and longs um, based on the running back position, but they still got this great offensive line. So um, I'm just kind of curious your take overall on this running back position 
um, minus Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I mean, if he was good enough to 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 beat out, um, I mean, t- Tony Jones, by all accounts, hits the hole hard, has really good vision. Um, so the fact that he won that job, I think, just tells it all. Uh, so I I expect him to be able to come in and contribute. You said it; he had a strong preseason. Um, so the Packers are going to have to be ready. It's not just Alvin Kamara. Look how many third down situations they got into in the matchup last year, and it was so frustrating. Kamara would just get the ball. Um, I think one of his touchdowns was a 54 yard uh, reception out of the backfield should have had him stopped dead to rights and Kamara just makes a couple guys miss uh oh maybe more than a couple of guys miss in route to that <laughs> touchdown uh so the Packers are gonna have to be on their p's and q's uh, on the defensive side of the ball if they have any chance uh, of getting off the field because um I don't care what they say about staying fresh we talked about Aaron Rodgers is he perhaps slightly rusty uh, going into this week, uh, we've had a lot of key defensive players that didn't play a snap uh, in any of the preseason games. Uh, so be watching how well are we tackling on Sunday. That's mm. been a sore spot for this Packers defense for years. Um, so we're going to need especially the guys on the back end, second and third level, to be coming up attacking and, and being sure in their tackles uh, because uh, the Saints have enough guys to really, really hurt you um, outside of even just Alvin Kamara, as you mentioned, uh, if they're not able to do so. So Jameis Winston, we got to talk about him. Um, he can be magical. At times, he's incredibly entertaining to watch, maybe not against your team or my team, but just generally speaking. But he can also be incredibly maddening um, for for fans of, of, you know, the team that he plays for. Uh, Very erratic. He can make, you know, incredible throws, but he can also throw picks and, you know, all the all 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 the like. Um, How opportunistic do you see this Packers defense being able to be against Jameis Winston? Uh, He hasn't played football really at all, not too much in the last year or so. Um, that to me means he's going to be itching <laughs> to throw the ball a little bit. Uh, and I think that a huge key to this matchup uh, is going to be the Packers defense squeezing the ball. If we can force turnovers against Winston and create short field for Aaron Rodgers in this Packers offense, I like our chances all day. But it starts with the Packers squeezing the ball and getting some interceptions, something that we've had trouble with at times. We've had players in position not always able to come down with the interception. Um, how big is that this week against somebody like James Winston who, um, based on his previous body of work, uh, likes to give the ball up every once in a while? Yeah, but I don't know because that was in Tampa Bay. Uh, and yep. that's a totally different offensive system. We're talking about Jameis Winston now with the Saints. Drew Brees didn't throw the ball to the opposition much. So I don't think there's necessarily uh, a fair assumption to think that Jameis Winston's going to do that. Uh, now, every quarterback throws interceptions. I don't care who it is. So if we get opportunities, especially being on the road, I get it's in Jacksonville. We, we certainly need to take advantage of that. So, um, you know, it, it's again, uh, I think, the Saints offensive coaching staff, they're going to be smart enough to put Jameis in positions where he can be successful. Um, they've been with him. Don't forget, this is his second year with the Saints. So I think they know what he can do really well and what his strengths are. So I don't expect that they're going to put him in situations um, unless the Packers are able to force uh, some really long third and down situations um, that he's going to have to force the ball to us. But um, if we do have some opportunities, we certainly do need to take advantage of that. Um, so, folks, I think to get a little bit more of the Saints perspective, um, we do have T.J. Jones 
joining us uh, of State of the Saints podcast. TJ, thanks so much for joining us. And I think just getting right into it, man, I think from the national perspective, the, the easy talking point is, oh, Drew Brees is gone. The Saints are going to be in transition. But Dane and I were just walking through the key matchups and some of the talent that this Saints team has on the roster. So just to start with, what can you give us as a reasonable expectation from the Saints, Saints point of view for how this season should end up? Well, um, I understand that there's a lot of skepticism um, when it comes to the New Orleans Saints. I mean, the last time we seen Jameis Winston, he threw 30 touchdowns, 30 turnovers, 35 total. So I can understand why people are a little bit reserved when it comes to what the Saints can do as far as success. But this is a really good football team. This is an organization that knows how to get the right players in place, are not afraid to move and shake in order to make this team a contender every single year. I mean, they've been through all different types of adversity, but they always seem to find themselves in the playoff picture. Um, when you look at Jameis Winston, I look at a, a guy who, you know, he he went through about three, maybe even four coaches. You know I mean? It, when you have a guy coming into the league young, you need stability. And um, in Tampa, he never really had that stability. And I think Sean Payton can give Jameis Winston that type of stability uh, coming uh, to the Saints organization. What he can bring is a difference of what we have seen in the New Orleans Saints organization over the last three to four years. Yeah, you had uh, efficiency when it came to Drew Brees, but you had the lack of uh, downfield vertical passes, you know, so that's something that Jameis Winston can bring to the table. He can make the defense a little bit more explosive. He can open things up. And a lot of teams were playing man-to-man coverage, trying to bump some of these wide receivers off their routes. You probably wouldn't see that with Jameis Winston. I think the Saints would be a little bit more of an explosive offense. So the Packers are going to have to be ready. They have a lot of great cornerbacks over there, You know, a lot of guys that are up to the challenge. So I think that's the difference between a Drew Brees Saints and the Jameis Winston Saints. TJ, I've got a thanks for joining us, by the way. Um, Good to meet you on air. Yeah, of course. Um, Where do you see the strengths of of this Saints team? Wags and I were just talking a little bit about that on our end. But, um, you know, what what, what are some of the spots you as a Saints expert see as a Saints strength? Um, Obviously, there's been some change on the offense, particularly at the quarterback position. But um, we've talked a lot about the offensive line one of the best in football, as far as we can tell. Um, but want to hear it from you. Um, you know, what, what are the things that, that the Saints and the fans really lean on down there in New Orleans? Yeah, Dane, absolutely. I mean, you look no further than the offensive line. I think that it's one of the best offensive lines in football. It's definitely one of the most steady and most consistent offensive lines. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they are the anchor of this team. You know, when you look around the New Orleans Saints organization, the Saints went for broke last season. You know, they tried to put everything in place in order to make that championship run, you know, for Drew Brees' last season. But the one thing that remained is this offensive line. So the Saints are going to be leaning on this offensive line in order for them uh, to be as efficient offensively. Uh, they they are the best part of the, the team to me, you know. But, I mean, when you look around, I mean, there's some veteran leadership on the team. Cameron Jordan, you know, he he never misses a game. Uh, you got Demario Davis at the second level. And you also have Marshawn Lattimore, you know, a guy who is going into his fifth year, a guy that is borderline elite as a cornerback. So the Saints have uh, pieces at every level. And that's something that you want in order for you to be successful. When you have 
a player at every level. That is the recipe for success. But when I'm looking at this team overall, there's a lot of unanswered questions. But the one question that's always seems to be answered is that offensive line. So I definitely agree with you both. Uh, the Saints offensive line is the is the best part of this team. Looking at the Saints defense, then you, you mentioned a bunch of guys there as well um, at cornerback position have been battling some injuries. Yeah. Um, so just acquired Brandon Roby up in the mm-hmm. Texans, really talented guy. Um, do you expect him to be ready to go this Sunday or would that be a little bit unreasonable to see him suited up already by Sunday? Oh, uh, well, no, uh, he is. He can't play anyway because he was serving a six game suspension uh for uh, violating the league substance abuse policy so he can't play anyway so he's eligible to play week two so that that falls right in place with the new orleans saints so he's not going to play this week definitely see him playing next week the saints made a trade i want to believe they gave up a third and a six next year in order to acquire him from the houston texans i can see him as being the opposite of marshawn Lattimore. Uh, him and Marshawn Lattimore were teammates at Ohio State, so they have that chemistry dynamic. Uh, as far as the Saints secondary, they're probably going to be leaning on rookie out of Stanford, Paulson Adebo. In preseason, he looked the part. You know what I mean? He was six foot one, two hundred and nine pounds, and the lights didn't seem too bright for this kid. So I expect for him to be uh, opposite of Marshawn Lattimore on Sunday, but he has to be ready. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is going to pick on him. If you have an option of going towards Marshawn Lattimore or rookie with very little experience, you're going to go to that rookie. So he he showed me a lot of things. He's a short tackler. He understands the philosophies of defense. And the Saints brought in Chris Richard, who uh, played. I mean, who was the defensive coordinator or assistant, uh, assistant defensive coordinator with both the Seattle and the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a guy that I feel like is going to be a head coach in the future. And the Saints were lucky to acquire him. Uh, He is one of the people that a lot of people give uh, credit for being a mastermind behind the Legion of Boom. So him being the secondary coach for the New Orleans Saints, I think is going to be helpful to young guys like Paulson Adebo. But the secondary, they have a a combination of veterans as well as young players. So um, they got to be ready, man. Aaron Rodgers is something special. And TJ, one last question I have for you, going back to the offensive side of the ball, we talked about this before you came on, but, um, you know, there had been some rumors that I had heard uh, that just following broadly speaking across the league about Latavius Murray, maybe not being in the Saints long-term plans. And then they, they caught him. And I was, frankly, I was still surprised by that because he's had a lot of success in the league. Right. Um, yeah. um, so A, were you a surprise, were you surprised as a, as a hardcore expert? of this team. And also what can you tell us about Tony Jones jr. Who sounds like he can be maybe the next in line to play some real football between the tackles for the saints. Yeah. I mean, I was absolutely shocked Dane when they cut him, you know, because I look, I was looking at preseason and Latavius didn't look like himself. Latavius Mm -hmm. hasn't fumbled in like two years. First game against the Baltimore Ravens. He fumbles at the, in the red zone when the saints were, about to score. I mean, a very good drive. Taysom Hill was starting in that game and Latavius Murray fumbled. I mean, I was taken back by it. And I was thinking, well, maybe he's a veteran. He's trying to save himself for the season. But in the process, Tony Jones Jr., the second year player out of Notre Dame, outplayed him. And mm. the, the Saints, uh, they asked Latavius Murray early in a week, I want to say Tuesday, they asked him to take a pay cut and he refused to do so. So the Saints decided to cut him and they saved $2.6 million in the process. So I am shocked 
that they cut him. But Tony Jones Jr., like I said, he's a second-year player out of uh, Notre Dame. Uh, he did all the things in the offseason. He got his body right. He's got a little bit stronger. Uh, he, he's ready to absorb some of those uh, physical blows, man. When you have a guy like Alvin Kamara who's more of a nest player, you need that complimentary back, that battering ram, and Tony Jones is ready to be that. You know, so I th- I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what he can do, you know, a- as a player. You know, Tony Jones is uh, somebody that – has a lot of unanswered questions. The last time I seen him was against the Carolina Panthers uh, when Alvin Kamara was out due to COVID-19 and he ended up getting injured in that game. You know, so that's, I mean, didn't really see too much of him. Seen a small sample size of him against the Baltimore Ravens. Looked good, looked the part, but I mean, this is the regular season. This is when the big boys play, you know what I'm saying? This is when, you know, this is when it's time to go out there and handle your business. So, Interested to see what he can do uh, as that backup running back, that complimentary back to Alvin Kamara. And I lied. Yeah. I've got one more question for you. Uh, Taysom Hill, how many snaps do you see him playing this week? I know that there was a quarterback competition going into the year. Uh, he's somebody that's always an X factor for, for this offense. Every time uh, the Packers play the Saints, it's always where's Taysom Hill on the field. So um, how do you see him being used this year, and particularly in week one since the Packers are facing the Saints in week one? Well, I can see him playing more of the tight end position. I mean, that's what he normally uh, dominantly um, lined up as um, when Drew Brees was the starting quarterback, when he wasn't doing this RPO Swiss Army knife thing. Uh, You know, so I can see him playing a little bit more of the tight end. uh, But I don't see him as, you know, that trick play throwing the ball down the field type guy. I feel like he kind of fell into that mode. It's because Drew Brees was very limited. You know, Drew Brees could not get the ball down the field the way he once did due to all those lingering injuries. So Taysom Hill was called upon to try, you know, throw the ball downfield when the Saints were going for deep passes. You don't have that issue with Jameis Winston. I mean, I think we all can agree Jameis Winston has incredible arm strength. So I can see him maybe in the RPO game, maybe lining him up at tight end, uh, you know, and maybe playing that role because, look, the Saints need Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is a matchup nightmare. You don't know what he's going to do. And now that you have a guy that can throw the ball downfield with Jameis, you really don't know what to do with Taysom because of all of the things that he did when Drew Brees was here. Now you add on the fact that he could possibly throw the ball downfield. I mean, but I think for, for the most part, Dane, he's going to play tight end. Yeah, and PJ, I've got one question that has nothing to do with the players on the field. Obviously, due to the unfortunate circumstances uh, with the Hurricane Ida, the the game did get moved to Jacksonville. We've got two passionate fan bases. So who wins the battle in the stands on Sunday? Who shows out? And uh, and fills up the stadium the fastest. Is it going to be those Packer fans? We're just everywhere, or the Saints fans that are going to be, you know, just flying down and, and trying to fill up the stands in Jacksonville as well. <laughs> Andrew, you gave me a hard question, man. Uh, look, <laughs> both of these fan bases travel well. I mean, I remember uh, watching one game. I want to say you all played the Chargers, and they had more Packer fans <laughs> than they had Charger fans. So. You all travel really well, but I, I think that the Saints fans are going to travel, uh, you know, really well due to the fact that you have a lot of uh, Saints fans that are displaced. A lot of them move towards that way uh, due to Hurricane Ida, uh, Green Bay Packers. I think it's going to be, you know, uh, I mean, I, I, the feel of the game to me is probably going to be like one of those games where, 
you know, you don't know if you're in Lambo or Superdome. Uh, but I think both uh, fan base are going to travel well. But just because it's a little bit closer to New Orleans than it is Green Bay, Wisconsin, I think the Saints are probably going to have more fans in the stands than than Green Bay. That sounds like a challenge, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, in all seriousness, though, New Orleans, one of my favorite cities. I was just down uh, visiting you all down in, in Janu- last January. Um, so I hope everyone uh, is safe and, and, get, and things can yeah. hopefully get back to normal and, and everyone's uh, uh, getting back into a good situation uh, real soon. But um, uh, TJ, before we let you go, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you for a prediction for the game. We're homers, so we won't hold it against you if you make a homer <laughs> pick here. But uh, we'd love to get your prediction for what you think the score is going to be uh, this Sunday. Man, I, honestly, Andrew, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't. Like, this – like. The Saints and the Packers are like identical team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when I look at them, like both of them are like so well put together and both of them capitalize on mistakes. Like I, I look at the, the Green Bay Packers and I look at the New Orleans Saints. A lot of the situ, a lot of the successful plays I heard, I was listening to you all before I got on. A lot of the success from the New Orleans Saints when Alvin Kamara came because Kenny Clark didn't play in that game. He didn't, you know what I'm saying? And Kenny Clark is so important as far as the interior lineman. And I feel like because he wasn't there, Alvin Kamara was able to do some things. Kenny Clark is going to be there. It's going to be tough, man. And I, I think that a lot of, you know, of what probably Matt LaFleur has seen on film, he's going to try to bring. They're going to try to neutralize Alvin Kamara. You know what I'm saying? They know it because – you you all didn't really have that much turnover, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the players that played in that game last season is are going to play in this game this season. But I just felt like whoever makes the the less mistakes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> whoever makes the mm-hmm. – because both teams can capitalize on them. But I think that, you know, I think that the New Orleans Saints are, are going to win this football game by a field goal. I think it's going to be one of those games that is going to be one of those uh, – you know, strategic games. You know, there's going to be one of those games to battle with uh, both of the Matt LaFleur and Sean Payton are really good offensively. They know how to put the players in place in order for them to be successful. Uh, but I have the Saints uh, winning by a field goal just due to the fact that uh, Aaron Rodgers does not uh, do well in Florida. <laughs> you know, and I think that has a lot to do with the fact that the game is in Jacksonville. You know, Sean Payton is extremely superstitious uh meticulous and very cerebral so i think he looked at the numbers when it comes to aaron Rodgers playing in florida i think he's like what three and four or something like that playing in florida Mm -hmm. and i think it had a lot to do with the fact that they made that decision so i got the saints by a field goal but it's going to be a really good game and i'm only saying that if the saints limit their mistakes because you all or capitalists that's one thing i will say about the packers if you make mistakes against the packers you all will make them pay. So I got the Saints winning by three. I can't give you what that three will actually be uh, because John Barry is the new defensive coordinator you all got from the Washington Redskins. Uh, you know, he was with Wade Phillips. Uh, Wade Phillips is known for his defense uh, when he was out there with the uh, Rams. So I think you all are going to be much better defensively. But um, I got the Saints winning by three. 
Yeah, this is one of those games where ultimately it's probably not going to mean a whole lot for whoever wins and whoever loses. It's always nice to get out the gate strong and, and get yeah. to get a, a W in, in the left-hand column. Yeah. But um, certainly both teams, too, uh, probably actually a, a little bit um, – um, I would say underrated nationally yeah. by yeah. a lot of pundits. I think those of us that are paying attention understand just how good both of these teams should be Absolutely. and should be in it right to the end. So TJ, thanks so much for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Uh, giving us the insider perspective, uh, TJ Jones with state of saints. Uh, so if you want to get uh, any of uh, uh, the saints material and uh, podcasts all season long, go check them out uh, on the, t- the pigskin podcast network. So TJ, thanks so much for joining joining us andrew dane thank you so much for having me man i appreciate it uh much love to you all and uh good luck this 2021 season man absolutely good luck to you man thanks for joining yeah appreciate it all right so dane i think uh that's great insight he knows his stuff it's fun it's fun i mean that's one of the benefits to having this uh be part being part of this pigskin podcast network wags is is having some really great insight from very knowledgeable um folks from from other teams now uh spoiler um I think the Packers are going to win and we're going to get to that, but, but I respect his opinion. <laughs> well, we wouldn't be us if we weren't going to be homers and pick the Packers to win. So uh, That's right. I, if you've been listening for a while, even though we never expect the Packers to go undefeated, we have a darn hard time picking against them week to week. <laughs> so uh, that's just kind of the way things go. But uh, Dane, I, I don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to touch on just breaking down some of the matchups in this game. One of the things I didn't get a chance to ask TJ about that would have been curious is how much pressure do we expect the Saints to try to put on Aaron Rodgers? Are they going to dial up a bunch of blitz packages or are they going to try to just put pressure uh, with the guys up front and hopefully they can get home against, uh, frankly, a, a little bit of an inexperienced offensive line at certain areas uh, with the Packers. So um, any predictions on that front? I mean, I know we're, we're not inside the Saints film room, but uh, do you expect them uh, traditionally Dialing up blitzes against Aaron is not usually the best idea, but what do you think uh, the the Saints' uh, game plan is going to be in that respect? My gut tells me uh, that they're going to start by trying to just beat the men in front of them. But as this as the game continues on, especially being thin at that cornerback position, uh, they're going to start to dial stuff up if they're not. I think that in a perfect world, Wags they prefer not to blitz Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has proven to just be an absolute killer uh, in his career. Um, however. Um, I do think that they're going to be relegated to having to do that in the second half and Rogers is going to make them pay. Um, but, but I think it's going to be a little bit of both, but I think it's really going to be the Packers are going to be dictating the fact that the saints are going to try to make something big happen. And uh, that's going to open up lanes for Aaron Rodgers to, to really make them pay. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's one of those things where it's really depends on what the down and distance is as well. Um, if the Saints are able to get it, them into some more third and long type situations, um, and what point of the game does that happen? Are the Saints playing from ahead or are they from behind or is it kind of a back and forth game? If they get up a touchdown or even 10 points, certainly the Packers are, are not out of it at that in that situation, but they might gamble a little bit more, take a yeah. few more chances um, if they are able to take that early lead. Um, and if they're able to put pressure on Aaron early in the game, and I'm talking like 
in this by the second quarter and get home. Um, we've seen in the past that sometimes the floodgates can open up a little bit when when opposing defenses have been able to do that. Um, so I think it's going to be really incumbent on the Packers uh, to start fast, uh, not turn the ball over themselves, and and avoid having to be in a comeback situation because this is a Saints defense uh, that can hurt you um, at all points of the field with the pressure that they can bring. So uh, the Packers will certainly have to be prepared for that. So Dane, um, shifting then, uh, I think let's get into some of the X factors. This is one of the things that we like to do every season before each game, pick an offensive and defensive X factor. I'm going to kick it over to you. You can lead us off. You have the honors for picking the first X factor for the Packers in 2021. I'll let you decide whether you want to go on the offensive or defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, so the floor is yours. It's completely wide open. Who you got? as an X factor coming into here at the week one. Wags, I'll start off strong. We're going to go on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk about our first round pick, Eric Stokes. Uh, They're not throwing to Jair Alexander. Are you kidding me? There's no way they're going his way. Uh, I think the Packers are going to do enough against Kamara. Uh, Kamara's going to get his. But I think that the Packers are going to do enough and they're going to get the Saints down uh, and they're going to force Jameis Winston to have to, uh, you know, drop back throw the ball and he's not going Jair. So he's going the other way. Um, They're going to go against the young guy. They're going to go against the rookie. I have a lot of faith in Shandon Sullivan in the slot. So I think that we're going to see them go into the outside. I think we might see some Callaway versus Stokes at at different parts in this game. And I expect Derek Stokes to play really good football. Um, We're going to see him look like a rookie at times. Corners get beat. Um, we might see him get beat a couple times in, in week one. Uh, but my X factor is Stokes, and I think he's going to hold up. Um, the Packers threw him right into the fire during training camp. He was going one-on-one against Devontae Adams versus Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's not fair to do, but they're mentally preparing him uh, for, for the season. Uh, a lot of talk. Uh, he's gained a lot of respect from his teammates in the locker room. I'm excited to watch him play, but if he can ball the way the, the Packers think that he can and the way I think that we think that he can, this Packer team is going to win on Sunday. And, and I, I expect Eric Stokes to show up big on Sunday for the Packers. That's my yeah, expectation. And, and right now, he's going to be on the field plenty. We know that. Yeah. Right now, Kevin King is actually still listed uh, as the starter opposite Jair Alexander on the depth chart. Um, either way, we know Eric Stokes is going to be on the field an awful lot. So if he can make that immediate impact, uh, that certainly would be a welcome lift for this Packers defense. Um, for me, on the defensive side of the ball, um, I don't know if he really qualifies uh, because he just got named the captain, uh, but I'm going to go with Adrian Amos as the X factor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we talked about quite a bit uh, before TJ joined and, and during uh, with what Saints offense is going to try to do with, with Jameis is they're not going to put him in a position where they're going to force him to make big plays, but he's still going to take a couple shots downfield. And I think that's where uh, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage are going to have to be on top of their game. Um, and if they get a jump ball situation, uh, it's a it's just a matter of who wins that battle. Adrian Amos is not typically a guy that uh, uh, gets a lot of takeaways uh, throughout his career, but I think that he's going to be incumbent uh, on protecting that back end because I actually think Darnell Savage might be utilized uh, pushing the ball and uh, trying to help out against Alvin Kamara a little bit more. Um, So that could put uh, the Packers uh, uh, DBs on a little bit more of an island in certain situations. Um, So Mm -hmm. is Jameis good enough to exploit 
those situations and, and those opportunities that he has, uh, certainly. But uh, the Packers have a lot of talent on the back end as well. Um, and I think it starts with the captain, Adrian Amos. So I expect him to make a, a big play or two that can hopefully uh, turn the tide and uh, keep the Saints offense from uh, uh, putting up too many points on the board. Uh, so he's going to be my pick for the X Factor here in, in week one. So, uh, Dane, going over to the offensive side of the ball. Um, should I let you go first again, or do you want me to take the lead on this one? Wags, I'd love to hear who you've got first. I've got a few ideas, so I don't. I, I will not double up with you this week. Uh, curious who your take is, and then I'll go after you. Yeah, for sure. But uh, before we before we get into that, I just want to get a couple of shout, shout outs here. So John Doran. John Torn, I'm sorry, uh, saying he's got Rashawn Gary as an X factor is going to have a big game, uh, this week. Um, and, uh, uh, Ray Stewart says that, uh, Pack gets four interceptions, three sacks, winning 35 14. Hey, Ray, if you're right, uh, no one's going to be happier than us two guys. Uh, I have a feeling it might be a little bit closer. I, I never uh, get uh, I get a little nervous at predicting a blowout, especially in week one. But we'll see what happens. I would certainly take it if your prediction is right. So Dan- and Wags and Wags and and for those of us traditionally, we just do the podcast. We haven't gone live. This is the first season we're going live, and then you'll be able to find this podcast on iTunes and and you know Google Play and Spotify and everywhere. Else you normally get your podcast. But for those of you that have downloaded this and are listening now, uh, we're also live every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. Central Time on Facebook Live. I just wanted to make sure I made that plug. Thank you very much. So that's where we're getting these comments and questions from. Um, so, Dane, I think offensively, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to go with Alan Lazard. I, I know that MVS has been getting wow. a lot of the attention as having okay. the breakout potentially at the wide receiver position. Uh, I think Alan Lazard quietly going about his business. Um, I, this is a, a Saints uh, defensive back group. They've got some talented, but they're just a little bit thin. And so I think the Packers are going to try to spread the field out and get a lot of wide receivers out there in certain packages, particularly when they have some uh, advantageous down and distance situations. And uh, I think Alan Lazard is a guy that can exploit some mismatches in this same secondary. And uh, I expect Aaron Rodgers will feed the hot hand. And and so I think Alan Lazard, I'm actually, I'm going to go right out there and go real bold. He sees the end zone. And I think he actually ends up with just over 100 yards receiving in this game. Right away in week one, I expect him to have a real nice impact and, and a real nice start to this season. I'll take it. You know what? I'll take it. Let's just get out of here now with that. I'll take you. If Lazard's having a big game and I love Allen, um, you know, that would be fantastic for us. Um, I'm going to go with Robert Tunyon. I'm going to go with Robert Tunyon Jr. Um, you know, he's a guy we're talking about the wideouts. And I think what's going to end up happening is this Saints defense is going to be um, so keen on stopping the wide receivers um, because they're thin at corner. Um, that Robert Tunyon's going to break loose a little bit here. And they're going to just have a hard time, they being New Orleans defense, covering everybody uh, that the Packers throw at them. I think the Packers are going to do a lot of different looks throughout the game. And Tunyon's going to be a big body 
uh, inside the twenties. And he's also going to move the chains a couple times. I don't know if he gets a hundred yards wags, but I think Robert Tunyon gets in the end zone for the Packers. Um, I think that he continues to improve on his run blocking as well, which, you know, you're not necessarily going to see jump off the screen at you, but he's going to do enough of the little things, but also is going to have that big touchdown catch for the Packers. Um, I expect Robert Tunyon to have a pretty nice day on national TV. It's the, I think it's the game of the week, Sunday afternoon. Um, I expect Robert Tunyon to continue progress from last season, uh, catches a touchdown, about 80 yards for the Packers. Not a monster game, um, but no one seems to be talking about Robert Tunyon this week, and uh, he's going to put his stamp on that number one tight end spot for the Packers. Yeah, for sure. I would uh, definitely be pleased to see Robert Tunyon. There's so many options, Dave. Yeah. We, didn't, we didn't talk about Aaron Jones or, or uh, uh, Devontae Adams uh, or Randall Cobb. I mean, who yeah. knows? They, they, there's, it could come from anywhere. Uh, hopefully there's, there is multiple guys that are having a positive impact uh, on this game on Sunday. So uh, prediction time. Um, Dane, I'm going to go right out and say it. Um, I'll let you create a narrative. I, I think this is a close game. goes back and forth. To me, the Saints are going to try to uh, control the clock a little bit, uh, time of possession. So that might limit some of the uh, uh, offensive opportunities that the Packers have. Um, you know, they're not going to go down and score on every possession. So uh, this could be a little bit lower scoring to start the game than than what folks might expect. I think these are two defenses that, are better than most people think they are. Um, so it's going to be a little bit back and forth. Ultimately, I like the Packers taking the lead in the third quarter, um, going into the fourth quarter, um, just holding off the Saints uh, in a one-score game. Mason Crosby kicks a field goal um, late in the fourth quarter uh, to put the Packers up seven. Uh, and then Adrian Amos makes the game ceiling interception when Jameis is trying to make a big play late uh, des- in desperation uh, to bring the Saints back and tie the game. I've got the Packers 27, the New Orleans Saints 20, uh, a close game all around, but the Packers do just enough to pull this one out in week one. I, I'll take it. I'll take the W, Wags. And I think you're, I think you're on to something there. Um, I've got a little uh, larger score. Um, there's an old saying that if you're kicking field goals, you're, you're probably losing the game. Uh, you always want to get points, but you also want to get seven whenever possible. Um, I think that early on Packer fans might be pulling their hair out a little bit. There might be a couple miscommunications on the offensive line early on. Packers may be a little slow getting the run game going as a result of that. May also see a breakdown on the defensive side of the ball. We saw it a couple times in training camp where, um, offensive players for the Packers kind of just, got open against the defense. Like they, they got lost in the backfield and the, and the back end, I should say, uh, of, of the defensive backs. I think the Packers will clean that up as the game wears on. Um, I think the Saints kick a fair number of field goals early. They get a short field here or there maybe on a punt. Um, however, I think the Packers take control in the second half. Um, and I think that the Packers end up winning 38 to 30. It's a close game, um, but it's not quite as close as it looks in the fourth quarter. The Saints are trying to play catch up and the Packers defense is able to pin their ears back a little bit. And uh, Jameis Winston plays into their hand. I think Darnell Savage also has a, uh, 
uh, a game to remember. I think that he, I think Amos Wags is going to be up in the box a little bit more in this defense. Savage is going to be able to range around a little bit. I think he gets his hands on one from Jameis Winston. I think Rashawn Gary has a nice fourth quarter as well. And these Packers, these young guys that we're relying on set the tone early in the season. Packers 38, Saints 30. We get the heck out of Florida. We head back to Wisconsin. I hope so. One of us, if one of us is right, we'll be happy. Uh, so you're <laughs> predicting it's actually uh, Amos playing up by the line. Well, I guess we'll see. One of us will be right. One of us will be wrong. Uh, but either way, we're going to need both of those guys to come through and have a big game on Sunday. So um, definitely love the prediction. Folks, uh, when we post this, share your predictions and thoughts. Uh, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? We want to know. Um, share your feedback. Share your questions. We'll be ready to go. What are you tailgating with? What beer uh, is going to be in the fridge? Uh, it's all here. We're ready for week one. I can't believe it. It's been a long haul, but we're ready to go. Um, so, Anyway, thanks so much, everyone, for joining us on the live feed uh, here on Facebook and YouTube. Um, as Dane mentioned, we'll be doing the live stream of the podcast every Thursday during the season at 730 Central. If you're not able to join us live, uh, definitely feel free to pop in questions before the pod. We'll share those questions throughout um, or uh, download us and listen to us after. Uh, you can, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, etc. So we appreciate you listening. And um, uh, Dane, anything else that you want to plug or share before we sign off here? No, I, I just uh, excited for another season of football wags. Let's go get after it. Um, thanks for listening. We love doing this. Excited to be uh, doing another season together here. And wags, it's Super Bowl or bust. I'll just go out and say it right away. Let's go win a Super Bowl this year. It starts in week one against New Orleans Saints in Jacksonville. Absolutely. It doesn't end in week one, though, so no worries either way. But um, all right, I think that does it for us. So as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. shoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo. It's a whole new